Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Ride podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Rochelle. Rochelle, it's another week in the books. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. We had a good week. You yeah. know, it's, man, it's finally fall. We cooled off last weekend. We didn't do a lot. We took it easy last weekend, but, you know, it rained all day of weekend, mm-hmm. so it wasn't... And start of the week. We're... Yeah, yeah, it knocked us out. Of... We didn't get to film till actually Wednesday. Wednesday. So we were on kind of a time crunch. I already kind of had that game plan what I was going to do. Um, and it wasn't a bone cook because I no. had to film and edit in the same day. And that normally that would be very difficult, but um, we, it wasn't we made that bad. it happen. Yeah. yeah it, because it, you didn't, you didn't, it, that must have been an easy edit. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't, a, wasn't a long video. Yeah. Because it, man. It was like six minutes, which so, is a short video for us. Yeah. So this week I decided it's cooling off. Hunting season's almost, well, it actually is bow season. Rifle season's right around the corner. But I want to do some wild, I always like to do some wild game. And a buddy of mine, Charles, from the Tri-County Co-op here in town, had had a friend that it, that goes elk hunting every year. And he's always getting, you know, different kinds of wild game. <clears throat> different kinds of wild game and stuff like that. A little frog in my throat there. <laughs> but, but uh, and he, he always, he's, he's one of these old school types where, he wants to call you up and give you something, and then you give him something. We trade it. Man, me and him trade out stuff all the time. Yeah, he brought I mean, chili over last yeah, week. Brought, and you I'll, gave I'll give him, him some pork rind yeah, pellets. Yeah, you made him some uh, short ribs. Short ribs, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always, you know me, I'm going to trade out some food for some good stuff. <laughs> but he brought me some elk. He's actually, you know what, I have some, he brought me some ground elk, some of those elk steaks, and he brought me some quail that I still have in the freezer. Oh, okay. All this was at the same time. He's like, man, uh, you know, his buddy had some short ribs, beef short ribs that he got like from some grass-fed cow. And the deal was he'd give me that stuff if I would cook those for him. So I cooked those short ribs up. So man, you know, come get them, take them to him. I hope he enjoys them. You made some potatoes to go with it. Those short ribs are awesome. They were. But it gave me the chance to cook some elk. And if you've never tried elk and you like venison, man, it is absolutely the best that, that I've ever had. You know, a lot of people were commenting that moose is even better than elk. Really? Yeah. I've never never, I've never seen any moose. Know. I mean, I know what a moose is, yeah. but I've never seen any moose meat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd like to try it. I would too. I would try, I'd definitely try moose because yeah. it's, you know, it's in that same family and it's, it, hey. Um, the elk was excellent. It was better than deer. I will say that. It's better because, you know, it has. I thought it was as good as beef. It, it, it has its own unique flavor, but it's not nearly as... Um, Prominent is like a venison. I would say it is like a milder beef. It's real, real, just natural tasting. There's no gaminess. When I say natural, I mean it just tastes like meat. Yeah, good red meat had good mouthfeel. It was was tender. Yeah, Um, I cooked it. No fat. Yeah, to have zero fat. I mean, it's probably it's one of the healthiest meats you can eat as far as getting pure protein from a red meat source. You know, it was fed all natural. Heck, it's free free range. I mean, this yeah. was this was the elk they got. I think it was up in Colorado. They actually in the mountains. harvested. Yeah, it. yeah, they yeah. shot it off of government land. It wasn't like this was they a had pen. A tag yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I drew a tag. Got to go up and shoot one. Oh, so this and, is like the best elk you could probably get. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think they do like have some farm raised elk because I've had some people comment and say they sell it in stores. But I've never seen it. Yeah. And I know it's on some menus. Like, you go to some restaurants out west, you'll see elk on there, yeah, stuff so like that. But this isn't, this is wild, you know, fair chase, whatever. It, it was, it was 
took out in the field and they tied it to a processor and brought it back and you know put it up properly had all that new, all you know any of the fat anything off of it to where it was just down to the stakes and, and these were these were i imagine they weren't it wasn't like it was a uh, backstrap this, this was these were stakes cut out of the hind quarter i'm guessing so this was a tough <clears> part of the elk it would have been yeah yeah, yeah it would have been yeah it's probably one of the major muscles off the hind quarter if i had to guess just from what it looked like you really couldn't tell yeah and, and charles, it, charles didn't know yeah, I asked, it was just know. elk steak yeah. is what, how it was that's right labeled but so but let's talk about from start to finish um so you pulled it out of the freezer let it thaw let out it overnight thaw. it thawed pretty quick um, my whole thinking with it was I wanted to just kind of preserve that natural state of it, not do too much to it. So I knew I wanted to get a good sear on it, and then I knew I was just going to season it with a little salt and pepper to bring out some of that natural flavor that's in it. And so I was like, man, this is perfect to do cast iron on. You could have did it inside. You could. I mean, I could have cooked it on the grill, just you know, on the you grill really grates or something. Like that. Anyway. You did it anyway. You know, on a campfire. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I just thought it was cool. To, to put some, you know, build a big fire in the in the Weber kettle with some lump charcoal, and then put that Gabby Grills um, Santa Maria attachment on there because it lets me raise and lower that skillet to wherever I needed it. Because if I saw it was too hot, I could always easily raise it up. I didn't mess with it. I just had it was about a two inch gap, I would say, over where this the top of the Weber would be. So it's probably. Three inches from where the standard grate would have been. So what, you could have cooked it on the standard grate. Just don't build a big a fire. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all in, you know, how hot you want that iron skillet. I didn't want it, you know, 800 degrees. If I had, what do you think? The, we should have shot it. We should have the, shot a thermogun yeah. with it to see where it was. Just to see. I had to bet. The way it, at the rate it cooked, I would say it was between five and six. Yeah. About where I'd like to cook a steak anyway. So. Yeah. And you could use that method for any thinner steak, especially. Yeah, a, a thick steak would work, but yeah. what you have to do. What that's about is using that cast iron to sear that outside, create that crust on it, you know, to get that salt and pepper cooked into the meat, and man, put some flavor on it. But then, um, you know, that cast iron's going to transfer heat, and so if you were going to cook a thicker steak in it, you would just move it over to where it's kind of indirect and leave it in that cast iron and like shut your grill lid, and then, and then yeah. put you a probe in it, and then take it up to wherever you want it. Um, uh, bless you, Shell. <laughs> but uh. The uh, the steak I didn't I didn't even probe it I was just kind of feeling it because I knew I wanted it more on that rare to mid rare side. If I had to guess internal was about 120. That's yeah. where I took it off 122 right in there. Like right where I like to eat them. And a lot of people but, say that's man that's raw. We're still man <laughs> that's flavor jack. That's where <laughs> if you don't eat steak like that you might as well be eating ground well cooked meat because well the elk. Too especially you wanted a little more oh. because because it's nothing but red meat. You yeah, know, there's oh, no fat. Man. There's no. It was so good. It, it melted good. in your mouth. But uh, so what I Let's did. Talk about I, your cooking process. I got that iron skillet getting hot over the gray, over the hot coals over that lump charcoal. Threw a little dab of butter in there. Just uh, if I had to tablespoon, tablespoon, I just I just yeah. cut a chunk I think off. You had the butter kind of tablespooned out. Yeah, well, know, I took a stick pats. and hatted it. Uh, yeah. I kind of took a stick, halved it. And then cut those up into a few smaller pieces because mm-hmm. I knew I didn't need like to put the whole stick in there at one time. Yeah, and so I just used that butter, add, add a pad as needed. Yeah, and, and I, so steak goes down. You put the butter in the skillet, let it get good and hot. You know, let the butter start melting. Throw your steak down and kind of press it in. Get some good surface contact with the meat and the iron skillet. Then two minutes. Uh, I went ahead and threw in the rosemary. Threw in some garlic cloves. Uh, another little pat of butter so it kind of create me some more fat to baste over the top because you needed something 
to go with that lean elk. And then after two minutes, I flipped it and started basting it. Just take a spoon, kind of tilt the skillet, get some of that melted butter that's infused with that rosemary and garlic, and just basted it over the top and let the other side cook. And so it needed about two minutes too. And then I was just kind of feeling on it through the process. You know how you've seen people do the steak field test where you make a fist and the closer you get out, the tighter your hand gets. So that's more towards well done. I wanted it right in there where I'm pushing it and it's got, you know, some put, some give, a lot yeah. of give actually, but it's, it's not squishy. just, yeah, it doesn't feel like it does not a raw steak. I mean, you can tell, I mean, once you get used to doing it, but if I had to, if I had to probe it, if I wasn't comfortable doing that, I guess well, about 120. I don't know, man. I was lazy that day. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> for one, I wasn't scared to eat it. Under. Even, even. You were shooting for a little under. What are, what are, the, what are they call under rare? It's almost like. Blue? Yeah. Almost black and blue, I would say. I, I wasn't shooting for that. I like, I typically don't eat beef that raw. I mean, I have ate some filet that, you know, some really good beef, but that's only on a rare occasion. I, I won't mind eating. It wasn't. It was warm. I would call that medium rare all day. Yeah. When you got a warm, real pink in the inside, not a not a cold. To me, rare is cold pink center. Mm-hmm. Medium rare is warm pink center. There's not a whole lot of visually. There's not a whole lot of uh, you know difference. But it's just in the temperature of it. And then when you start getting into medium, it starts going to a lighter shade of pink. I thought and, you hit uh, the. Dunes. Well, I, well, I'd say this: rare is probably warm red center. Medium rare, no. I've got it all screwed up. <laughs> rare is cold red center, yeah. I guess, and then or you know cool, and then warm red center is medium rare, yeah. and then pink center is medium, and then why well, don't go any further? <laughs> I only go to medium it. because SCA makes it. <laughs> I thought you got the perfect cooked on it. I, I thought it was just the right because it was a nice crust on both sides, and it kind of faded into this uh, uh you know real pretty red mm-hmm. yeah, right yeah. in the middle it was good it was yeah. man it was good it, i tell you what i cooked those two steaks it was about lunchtime on wednesday and it was just on time mm-hmm. because there usually we have somebody over on tuesday and there's people you know a couple of people standing around wanting to try something <laughs> it was just me and you that day and that was a good lunch yeah. i didn't have anything to go with it um I think uh, when I brought the skillet in, didn't you like heat it up a little more and put a little extra butter in there just to have something else to dip it in? Yeah, and I put a touch of salt too. Yeah, you could have added. I mean, hey, that's one you could make your own. If you got your favorite seasonings to put on it, it would go good on the elk. Um, But I mean, I would. I I don't think it needs anything other than salt and pepper. AP would have been good on it. One steak steak rub would have been good on it. Yeah, I think the the salt and the pepper. I think the salt and pepper, just the salt and the pepper was the way to go on that elk steak. And when you, and I, I love the idea of you throwing, you know, you put a little pat of butter just to give you fat and to help you brown, you know, help you get that brown on the outside. But then you threw in the garlic and the rosemary. And as soon as you threw that in, it like, it smelled like heaven. Oh, man. <laughs> I said, it, I said on the so video, I, said, oh, I think I just got a... A rosemary facial from all that steam up. coming up <laughs> off of it. Man, that's some good stuff. That gets in your pores, opens them up. Garlic good and rosemary, for you. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I could bring that's that all the, the time. That's where the aestheticians are going wrong. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> get rid of all that other cinnamon and all that crap they use. Come with the garlic and rosemary. They'd have more men sign up for facials. Mm-hmm. Aromatherapy. Maybe that needs to be a barbecue aromatherapy. <laughs> you leave hungry. <laughs> you would. You leave shiny and hungry. Do you know what that... You know what would have been really good with that? Some mushrooms. Yeah, I can if see that. If we had some, thrown some mushrooms in that iron skillet. Because that elk would lend itself to that umami flavor really, really yeah. well. 
And you needed some better potatoes or something. Yeah. I, th- I actually thought of another recipe I wanted to do. And if we hadn't been pressed for time that week, I probably would have done it. But I've got one where I take some of those, um, you've seen those little fingerling potatoes like we get at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different colors. Yeah. And um, you could take those and just kind of warm up a little bit of bacon fat and then toss those in it in the iron skillet and then stick them on the smoker and cook them to where they're softened up. And then you take them and you just kind of mash each one and you drizzle a little bit of uh, like wine vinegar over it and season it with a little bit of, you know, salt, pepper, yeah. parsley, and then a little bit of shredded parm and stick it back on there. Yeah. That would have went so good with that. I'm going to do that. I, we like to do those uh, fingerling potatoes, just roasting them in the oven. I put a little olive oil, a little salt, pepper, maybe a touch of garlic or AP or something like that. Roast them in the oven for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to do, do it on the the grill. Yeah. But you're talking about adding <clears throat> some other flavors to it as well. Yeah, it would have been good. It gave yeah. it gave you a different, like, balance for that potato to match the elk or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Instead of just doing, like, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes would be good with it. But yeah. It'd be I healthier. Something, yeah. <laughs> healthier than mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. They're not bad, are they? Just butter no, and No, the mashed cream potatoes and... aren't. But when I get done doctoring, you know, <laughs> That's when they get bad. And the cream and the butter and the... <laughs> Everything else that goes on. Yeah. Um, so... This week, I thought we would talk about wild game. You know, some wild game recipes. What's your favorite? What you've cooked in the past? Some ideas? Well, since cold weather's here and I'm not cooking this week, you know, I love, that's what I do um, after barbecue season. I start getting the itch this time of year. It starts cooling down. I'm ready to go hunting. And it, there's a big contest this weekend that I'm not doing. You know, this weekend is the Great, American, yeah, yeah. Great American Steak Cookout at the a Southland Casino and Dog Track over in West Memphis. Which you've won twice. I've cooked it three times, and I've won it twice. And won, oh, man, I'm really a fool for not being over there because that's like guaranteed six grand. I could have got that. But, but. You won, what, eight grand the first year? Or eight six, the first and six 10. the second. Man, that's 14000 Oh, you know what I cooked on? I didn't even have PK back then. Yeah, it was Weber by Weber, times. Weber, I'll trust that same Weber. That I cooked that elk on. That's that's a lucky grill. It is. That you think that joker's paid it for itself? Not worked out for me. It is paid for itself. What it cost me ninety nine dollars. How many times has that been paid for out of fourteen thousand? That's a lot. One hundred forty Weber's. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know if that's right or not. That's off the top of my head. Let me. I gotta calculate that. Hold on. I think yeah, that's right. Do you calculate all the ones that you lost? I had lost. I don't know if I've lost any with that Weber. It was not too long after that I switched. And you've won several with the PK as well. Are you doing the math? Yeah, heck yeah, I want to know. That's it. 140 of those little Webers I could have bought. Well, you've won Off several. Off two contests. That's pretty, uh, that grill's, that made some money, man. Well, I need to retire that one to like the Hall of Fame. I, I, <laughs> I treat it like a bad stepchild or something. <laughs> you keep it in the garage. Keep it in the never garage. Never think about yeah, it. Don't worry about cleaning it. It's just my beater. Well, you know, that's the one that Somebody I Somebody wants take. a bar grill? Sure, I got a Weber. <laughs> that's that the one. one you give me to take to set contest. Oh, well, no, that's a, yeah, well, that's a good grill, Shell. I'm, I'm trying to get lucky. That's why I let you use it. It's I know not how lucky working it out is. for me. It's not. Maybe the luck you did a, not transfer. Uh, PK, a pink PK or something. Why don't you give me your PK and you cook on the Weber? I probably need Martha would not be happy if, if, <laughs> if I was she said, I can't holler. I can't holler at Martha if I'm. <laughs> well, real quick, let's talk about Martha. Martha is the peak, my PK contact. 
She works for PK. She works for PK. So I, I don't. I really don't know what Martha does. She's out at every <laughs> have event. Have we talked about this on the podcast? We may you? have. I still ain't figured it out. I ask her all the time. She diverts. <laughs> I think she owns the company. Let's just say Martha <laughs> owns PK. And I'm trying to get in good with them. <laughs> no. I don't know. She's like their PR person or something. Martha's a lot of fun, and you have a lot of fun with Martha. She so, hooks. She's now I'll say this. She's hooked me up with uh, those new that Texas stand to use, mm-hmm. and that uh, what's the other one? The, the PK Tech TX. It's, uh, like a tailgater. The, and then the uh, foldable collapsible. Is that the foldable collapsible? Man, I should have learned that. One of them's like on the back, the tailgater. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's the one that you could just sit it right flat on the table. And that's really. Honestly, that's my favorite one because yeah. it gets it up to fat man height. <laughs> I can put <laughs> it on the table tail- and it's raised up. Yeah, or the tailgate. That's the only thing yeah. bad about the really PK Classic stand. It's kind of low. Yeah. If you're a short person, it's fine. But for a tall guy, I mean, I mean, for cooking a couple steaks, it's not bad. But if I had to work that thing all day. It, for Waylon and Michael, it's perfect, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but the table version, the tabletop version, it's handy because it, it, what's cool about it is it locks the PK in it. Like when you set it, you cradle it down in there, and then you've got this bar thing. You pull up, and it kind of snaps it down in there. It ain't coming out of that. You can just pick it up, tote it, whatever. That's pretty cool. It is. That was a great design on them. But, so, we make posts all the time. Every time you cook a steak, you make a post that's Martha. If I'm using my PK, I'm always hollering at Martha. I think it's hilarious. (laughs) Do a good Martha holler one time. In here, in the podcast right Yeah, well, not a loud one. Martha! That's how I do it. I kind of do it to, <laughs> like if I was on Beverly Hillbillies or something. <laughs> I really do it just to bother her, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she's out there. It's kind of like, you know, it's thing. having fun. Hashtag Martha. So if y'all want to holler at Martha, Martha, just do hashtag Martha. She loves it. PK. PK. <laughs> we grilling. I do that too sometimes. <laughs> I, do, I like the company. I like the grills. And hey, I have fun with what I do. Yeah. So. I'm a fool sometimes. Sometimes, especially if I've had two or three cold beers. That's when it really gets Martha. That's when it gets loud. Yeah. She's your girlfriend. Yeah, that's what I told her. I was taking pictures and said, uh, Billy Bob's. <laughs> I said, Martha, come up here. You're my girlfriend. You got to get up. <laughs> that was hilarious. So now back to Wild Game. Yeah, so cooking Wild Game. It's that time of year. I mean, in Mississippi, I would say the number one thing people hunt is white-tailed white deer. Yeah. And we have... There's the turkey hunting. We have a, pretty much have an infestation with them in yeah. Mississippi. They do so much damage to vehicles. They're damaging farmers' crops. I mean, it's not like wild hogs, but to me, I, I hate them. Well, I remember when... <laughs> <laughs> with a, no, I don't care. I'm really... I, don't, I like to... You're conservative. I'm very conservative when killing. it comes to... I believe in harvesting. I believe in helping control the numbers. And that's, uh, you know, that's one reason why I like to hunt. And it's fun. I yeah. mean, it's something to, I love being outside when it's cool in the winter. Well, um, I remember my father, when he was young, he, him saying when he was young, it was very rare to see a, a whitetail yeah, around. Yeah, the deer. numbers were down. And through conservation and, and hunters, really. Yeah, it's brought the population it's back up. It's brought the population back up. And Magnums now they're starting to get a little overrun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have a good, we have a great, I mean, there's people that, the uh, hunting industry in Mississippi is huge. We got yeah. tons of people come from out of state to hunt and fish here. We're blessed with you know a, a lot of outdoors and a lot of wild game to chase. And so I, I you know I do my part and try to have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it. I enjoy sitting in deer stand. I enjoy the cold. I mean I don't mind freezing a little bit to have fun. But I like to take a couple deer a year and put them in the freezer. Um, you know, and usually they're doe and the properties we hunt don't have monster bucks on them. I've never killed a monster buck up, you know, 
and hopefully one day I will. But I, I don't push it. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't. I don't hate them that bad. <laughs> I just enjoy being out there. And if I'm lucky enough to bless to take some meat, we use it. And we eat it. We love to eat it. So some of my favorite recipes that I like. Of course, the best thing on the animal is the backstrap. Well, beside the inner loins. Why do they call it the backstrap instead of just calling it a loin? What What's different? I don't know where that came from. About it's down the back. It's the strap of meat that runs down the backbone. That's what the backstrap is. But we call it a loin on a pig. Yeah, I don't know why they started that. Yeah, it's it's really backstrap on a pig too. Yeah, I guess or, or you know on the ribeye on a cow. Or, so you have two loins, is what you're saying? There's one on each side of the backbone. It's that piece of meat, just like on a hog or any any animal like that. A human probably has them running down your back too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the backstrap. That's usually the prime, the prime meat out of a deer that 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 most people are used to cooking is that. Now the inner loins are kind of just like the little pork tenderloins that are on the inside. That's that real tender meat, the inside cavity that runs you know between the hind quarters and right back up towards the backbone. It kind of like two muscles that connect back there, and they're super tender. They don't get, I guess they don't get worked a whole lot. They're they're really important muscles, I would imagine, but I don't know why they're so. They're just tender meat, and uh, man, that's the meat that we get and we fry up. Yeah, and we eat with biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. And I have. Uh, that's the meat you cook. You don't you don't process. Yeah, that. I don't you process that. I cut those out myself, and that's the first thing coming home. First thing eating. Yeah. They never get froze. I never freeze them. Sometimes That's, I'll cut them into medallions and we'll, um, I'll, you know, put a little salt, put a little pepper on them. Kind of saute them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Those are, they're good like they're that. They're very tender. The number one thing, the way that I like to eat wild game is probably with the deer backstrap is wrapped in bacon with some cream cheese and almost like a jalapeno popper style. Yeah. Piece of jalapeno, some cream cheese on the meat, wrap it in bacon, put it on the grill. Uh, Smoke it or grill it? I. I kind of do it grilled over direct heat, but away from it. So you can't just grill it real fast. It's the bacon dripping and all that's going to burn it up. You got to see this meat's so lean, doesn't have any fat, so you need that bacon to add the extra fat. But if you cook it too hot and fast or over too much direct heat, it's just going to flare up because it's yeah. going to drip so much. So I kind of, you know, figure out the perfect distance on a grill or the amount of what heat. What temperature do you think you're cooking at? Medium. Medium to medium high. It's not super high heat. We're talking, you know, 350. Okay. 375 okay. maybe, something like that. It's great on a smoker. I don't like it cooked low on a smoker. If I'm cooking on a smoker, I'm cooking at least 275. You're between, not going to get good bacon. Yeah, but man, on gonna, a drum, yeah. some back, bacon wrap backstrap like that on a drum is really good. See, I was going to say my, uh, my favorite recipe you do is the one where you don't stuff it. You just take the loin, you wrap it, and um, you marinate it in kind of an Asian-y. Mm-hmm. Flavor, you have the recipe on the website. That's what I've done. It is really good. Those are back straps, and I kind of really trim them up kind of aggressively, get all that sinew off. That's the key. Um, everything, and, and it's just a piece of pure backstrap. To, you know, it looks a lot like that elk that we cooked, yeah, yeah the, as the, far as the red. Oh, yeah, the, the venison kind of lays that. It's yeah. got that real deep red look to it. It's so pretty, you yeah. know. And that one's really easy to do. I do do it on the smoker. I take it, and I take thin bacon, not thick bacon. Because you don't want to overcook the meat. If you use thick bacon, it's going to take longer for that bacon to cook. Or it's going to be chewy. Or it's going to be, yeah. So you want the bacon to cook okay. through by the Wait time, me. you know, you're about medium rare on the internal of the meat. So I'll take that back strap. And I usually, what I do is I cut them into, if I had to guess, you know, 10 to 12 inch piece of it. Because these things are long. You know, they're running yeah. the length of the animal. And they'll so, taper out. Yeah. So, you know, so I, use, you want to I usually cut thickness. them split them in two. That way I get two pieces. You know, they're about two, two foot long, some of them. 
I'll just you know judge them when I'm processing it to make me some packs where I've got a decent one. And I'll wrap that, see, uh, marinate it first. Like uh, I've got the recipe online, it, but I, I mean, if you just go buy a store bought uh, teriyaki or Asian marinade, you could use your favorite. You don't have to use my recipe. I'm pulling it up Mine's right now. It's probably soy sauce with shower, some ginger, um, you know, different seasonings I put in there off the top of my head. I can't remember exactly what I did. Uh, brown sugar, you got to have some sweet element honey. Um, I'm pulling it up right now so we can look at it. But that's my marinade, and I soak it in that for a couple of hours, and you could go overnight. And then I wrap it in the bacon and season it with just a little rub just to put some color on it, bring some flavor, extra flavor to that bacon. And it goes on the drum, 250, 275, until it hits internal temp. And for this recipe, you <clears throat> skipped the marinade. Oh, you seasoned it. AP. AP. Yeah. Um, the Asian wrapped really it good. And backstrap. This is the one I'm, I'm showing. Wrapped it in, uh, wrapped it in bacon. Um, they do it on the drum or pellet grill? You did it on the drum. Another thing is the drum does really good for bacon wrapped. Anything oh, yeah. you wrapped in bacon, the drum seems to get it crispier. Kind of real pretty. And, yeah, and gets it really pellet pretty. Pellet grill would work too. I mean, it would work really good. An egg is a little trickier to do. It doesn't color bacon up as much. See, oh, this is what you did. You wrapped it in bacon, sprinkled it with rub, and then you glazed it. Ooh. With, the with uh, your Korean short rib recipe. Mm, I bet that was good. Which is soy it's sauce, so molasses, vinegar, The last one sugar, I remember doing, honey. Yeah. I kind of stuffed. I did a stuffed venison yeah. backstrap. Yeah. That was good. It's been a while it, since you've done this recipe. You should yeah. probably bring it back. Heck yeah, it's time. It's deer, I mean, it's deer season. It's time for some fresh meat. <laughs> I love That's, it. Those are, some of the, those are some really good ones. Anytime you can deal with a backstrap, uh, as long as you don't overcook it, it's fine. Venison's like that. It's meant to be, I mean, I think. Me personally, no more than medium. And then medium rare is preferred, and I don't care if it's rare. I'm still going to enjoy it. Yeah. Now, I like making jerky. I'll, but I'll you take, don't use backstrap for jerky, do you? No. <clears throat> I, cut up, I usually cut up the hindquarters. I muscle them out. Um, if, I, if I know that I'm going to cook a, a whole, if I want to make some ro- kind of a, if you think of pot roast or braised uh, roast, I do that with deer too, and I'm going to ask. That, actually, that's the, on my to-do list uh, to braid to kind of do a smoke braised. It's going to be almost like um, is what it I, a pull? Yeah, what, I, what I'm thinking of is I'm thinking about putting some kind of some Mexican or South American flavors on it, kind of you know, and, and kind of doing that spin to where when it cooks and it braises down, it's almost like they do barbacoa, and then you're going to be able to shred it. And you can use it for taco. You can use it for whatever you want. Sandwiches, yeah. however, but it's going to have Dear some. tacos. Yeah, I'm going to do that. that but it's has... great for jerky. So what yeah. I do for jerky, I muscle it out. And the you know the big muscles, and I'll take them, and I'll slice them thin, marinate my jerky seasoning and rubs, and dehydrate it or put it on the smoker. It makes excellent jerky. Yeah, it does. I love your deer jerky. What's your favorite way? What's your favorite deer recipe? You know, this <clears throat> At this time of year, I guess, maybe a little later than this, sometime in November, my dad would come home. And one of the few things that he would cook, but he'd bring backstrap home. And he'd fry it and make biscuits and tomato gravy. Oh, man. Biscuits and gravy with deer. Like chicken fried deer, pretty much. Is what you're talking about? Yeah, chicken fried deer. Would he tenderize it? or would He he would tenderize it. He'd cut it up, tenderize it. He'd, you know, batter it like you're going to batter a chicken, you know, chicken fried anything. That's the ultimate. Fried in a in a pan with just a little butter and and make tomato gravy. What is is it? Is tomato gravy white gravy with tomatoes in it's it? It's almost like a brown gravy with tomatoes in it. Okay. And he, 
I can. I don't know how he made it. I've had, you know, I've had it, but <laughs> my I've never mom made tried it. to make it. My dad passed away, you know, and he took his recipe with oh, it. Oh, he didn't take you. didn't follow My attention? mom tried to make it one time, and it was horrible. Yeah, I was there for that. It was. I was yeah. like, "This is not it." Uh-uh. You don't, you don't, no. <laughs> she didn't remember, but he would serve it with biscuits. So we always ate it with white. That gravy. might be my nostalgic way. Yeah, white gravy. White when gravy. I cook it for us, I make white gravy. Yeah. You need rice, or you need mashed potatoes. He would serve rice, biscuits. And fried deer. Fried deer. Yeah. And so that was always something we got. Just, you know, but he only did it a few times a year, you know. And the shoulders, we usually cut them up and grind them. Um, I have cooked whole shoulder before, too, and it's kind of the same way. You're braising it, breaking it down. There's all kinds of different ways to do it. But um, the when you grind it, you can, man, you can make breakfast Everything. sausage out of yeah. it. You can make, like, kind of ground beef style out of it where it's just used for tacos or chilies or stews, hamburgers. Um, one one thing we do is we'll buy bacon ends and pieces, and it's, so it's like this box of Wright's bacon ends and pieces that you can buy, and we'll grind that as we're you know grinding our lean deer that we've got trimmed up, and it, so it makes a bacon burger, deer bacon burger, and man, it makes really good hamburgers. Yeah. You can put you can you know what, typically what I do is weigh them out, got me a little hamburger press, and then I'll package them in a vacuum seal bag. With little wax paper where they don't all stick together. We got like four to yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pack. then you can break those out. And man, they're awesome on the grill. There was, um, well, when we first started this business years ago, we were very, very poor. <laughs> and one year we actually, you harvested, I think, maybe two deers and we took it. I went through four that year. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was our meat for a while. <laughs> we packed, we processed all that deer and we had ground deer and we, we literally had a, you know, a stack of ground deer in our little tiny freezer mm-hmm. that's what we that. lived off of you know we made tacos we made chili we made hamburger everything. helper <laughs> everything deer hamburger helper yeah and that's what we lived off of but the key is getting the scenery off now i will say there. this one time no that wasn't deer you made you made a deer meatloaf that was really good yeah but it was that that was turkey meatloaf that oh, was horrible god that was horrible that was the worst you haven't made very many bad meals that in the you told me i've gotten you, a lot better you, 14 14 years no. Like 16 years. 16 years? 15, 16 years. And in that time, there's only two or three things that come to my mind that it's were just, just bad. Yeah, that I there's was not There's some that aren't as good. One was. Is it tilapia? It was mayonnaise fish. <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's shells, mayonnaise fish a la king. God, that was horrible. <laughs> I bring that up to you, and whenever you throw something about how good you can cook in my face, I'm like, yeah, remember mayonnaise, tilapia? That and that turkey meatloaf, and then, man, I can't remember that. I, I, I remember you coming home and like, let's just go to Mexican. And we never <laughs> went out to eat back then because we didn't have much money. That was my plan all along. Yeah, okay. So the mayonnaise fish was a sabotage? <laughs> I thought the mayonnaise fish was delicious. Oh, no, it was not. <laughs> I knew I was going to have to work. I knew mayonnaise was getting worked into this conversation today somehow. <laughs> But, but no, those are some of my favorite ways to do with deer, and there's all kinds of stuff you can do with it. The main the main thing to take from this is go out there and get you some fresh mm-hmm. deer meat. Or, you know, there's usually a lot of people, some people enjoy the hunting. Some people don't like to eat it. Don't yeah. like to eat it. I don't it, understand. So I think most of those people get that misconception that deer meat's not good. Yeah. They've had a bad experience because somebody, A, didn't know how to cook it, or B, it wasn't processed properly. And, and I don't believe in taking them to these processors because you never know what you're getting. And I've been burned before. I've lost deer before, lost coolers before. I've gotten deer back that I know what mine's. It's filled with buckshot, and I don't know. I don't <laughs> shoot shotguns at deer. Yeah, I mean, you just never know. Yeah. 
And those guys you are have to get some, a really good, reputable one. Yeah, that you trust. I'm, not, I'm not saying there's not some out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there is, but there's just, a few out there. That I think make, it's easy but, enough to process your own. But what about like making sausage and stuff? Because we've gotten some really good deer sausage from some of those processors. Yeah, I mean, there's some of them. Now, there's some of them. That, there's some products like those meat sticks and summer sausage and all that good stuff that that they do better than you know than I can do. Well, I've actually worked. That's my plan this winter. I'm fixing to switch into the sausage game. I want to learn how to make my own smoked sausage, uh, not just with pork and beef, with d- using deer meat, uh, summer sausage, the jalapeno and cheese, all that good stuff. Yeah. I want to learn to make. Like I've case. already bought the stuff to do it. I've got some recipes that I've been working on for some seasonings. I've got my casings. I've got my sausage stuffer. I'm fixing to go to town on it. Well, it's rifle season. we got to the, not very more days, just uh, barely over a month. And then, uh, heck, we've already got Mark Williams, we went the other day and killed a doe. Yeah. Bow season, broke out a crossbow. That was awesome, too. You ever shot a crossbow shell? No. Uh-huh. Man, that was my first time to ever shoot one. What'd you think? See, I want one bad. <laughs> I'm not a bow hunter. A, mosquitoes. B, it's hot most of the time. Uh-huh. And C, ticks and spiders and all that good stuff. But I told Mark since he bought a crossbow, we'd go. And, and we did. We set up on them and. Smacked one under a persimmon tree. I don't think I'd like to shoot a crossbow. It's awesome. Michael's, we let Michael shoot it. He'd never seen it. He's 10 years old. Is he nine or 10? Nine. I always forget how old and what grade he's in. He's nine years old. Never shot a bow of any type. We put him on a crossbow 30 yards, bullseye first time. It's that easy. Anybody can go there and hunt with a crossbow. Seems like it'd be very powerful. It is. It's (laughs) real powerful. You would not want to be in front of one. Mark got one. I don't know. I'm sure he got him down to a good deal on it. But man, it was it's awesome. I want one bad. But anyway, <laughs> so where were we? We you were talking have a about big recipes. Wish list. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you got to do that if you're hunting deer. But I think you should you can process your own. I mean, it's easy to buy a grinder. It's easy to cut up. It's easy to have, I mean vacuum mm-hmm. sealer. You don't even need that. You can get butcher paper. But I mean. Maybe, you know. I don't know. The vacuum sailor seems to keep it. If you don't enjoy hunting, find you a buddy that likes to hunt. I'm sure he'd be glad to give you some deer. Yeah. Because we're always looking for somebody to give some to. I mean, especially, you know, sometimes we donate them. Sometimes we just. Yeah. We do all kinds of things. And I I don't enjoy hunting at all. But you (laughs) like to eat deer meat, right? Yeah. And I I enjoy helping you process it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're doing the sausage and trying new things. Yeah. if you're into it's barbecue, yeah. it just seems to me it goes natural. Yeah, hunting process of meat. You don't have that deer to do your own sausages and stuff. No, you can. No, you can you do. Use beef. You use bugs. pork. Yeah. yeah, that's what I almost. I started with that. Work. I mean, I'm, I love making breakfast sausage. It's it's cheaper to me to buy a pork butt and use my own seasonings and make a breakfast sausage than it is to go buy dig up Jimmy Dean. You know. Yeah. Well, what is Jimmy Dean grinding to get that pork? <laughs> there ain't no telling. Yeah, and you know what you're you, yeah, you got yeah. a pork butt. Yeah. I know it's all pork butt. They're putting lips and everything else in it. You know where I was going with it's that. It's a step up. Opposite from, end. Yeah. It's a step up from hot dogs, right? Yeah. No, but, but no, get out there and process your own meat. Now, also. What's some other wild game you like? Uh, duck. And that's my other thing I'm going to be chasing this year, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 got a, I got into a duck lease this year with a buddy of mine, Kevin, from. He's got a place over in Arkansas. He's yeah. been hunting for a few years, but he he's a big a, barbecue man too. Yeah, he started a club, and uh, 
He's like, man, you want to get in? I said, heck yeah. I don't know nothing about duck hunting, but I'm ready. But I've cooked duck before. And we've actually done it in a contest before, like for uh, exotic or anything mm-hmm. but. And done pretty well. But we took the breast and marinated them. And, what do you um, marinate it in? Soy sauce and Worcestershire, typical stuff. Yeah. You know, a little Italian dressing was in there. This has been years ago at Springfest. But then we took it and wrapped it up with bacon and just cooked it to the bacon. Man, it was good. Duck, to me, ate a lot like steak. I mean, it had a little bit different flavors. I mean, it's real richer. It's got that, to me, it has like a minerally almost, you know. You can, yeah. You know, you yeah, know, yeah kind like of, you ever had chicken liver? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. I mean, it's, it's really good. The, the duck I had, I don't know. These are some ducks my cousin got, and he's like, yeah. I don't know what kind they were. They might have been, I don't know, they might have been diver ducks, but they didn't taste. <laughs> they tasted good to me. Um, I've I need to work on some duck, duck recipes. I, I want to do. I've, I've, I've got duck. a couple of recipes I want to do. I want to do some duck gumbo, and then of course I'm going to do some duck poppers. I'm going to find. Some, I'm going to find some different ways to do some wild duck. Yeah. Um, I like cooking wild turkey. Now, wild turkey to me is better. Um, Deep fried anyway. <laughs> I've never done wild turkey on the grill. I've had people ask me. I was like, man, the only way we've ever done it is take the breast out, it- cut it up, soak it in buttermilk, batter it, and deep fry it. And turkey fries. Man, it is good. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Mark Lambert does that a lot. Yeah, turkey yeah, fries. yeah, yeah. They're very good. They're real good. Yeah. Is well, why can't you cook a, a wild turkey like you would a you know one you buy in the grocery store? I don't know. Is it like a fat issue? Well, it's it's definitely a different type of meat. If you've ever it? seen one, it's real. Yeah, it's not. Well, they look different. The turkeys yeah, oh yeah. in the farms are white. Those and, are domestic and yeah. raised for you know domestic sale. These yeah. the wild turkeys are they use their muscles and the meat's darker mm-hmm. and they're just eat a different diet yeah. and so they're um, you know you, you take a twenty pound wild turkey and it, when you dress it out, it's probably going. to... I'd guess it'd be about 12, 13 pounds, something like that. But then the, the meat, the legs are so tough and so much muscle and tendon in them. You really can't eat the legs. And there's you know, the only thing really with it that you could eat is the breast. And the breast is, is dark meat. I mean, yeah. it looks dark. It's not like, like you would think when you traditionally think of turkey breast or being white meat. Wild turkey's not like that. And ducks, you know. Similar. Uh, yeah, ducks du- ducks dark like that too. Yeah. But you take but a duck, domestic duck, or you can go buy the grocery store duck, and it's a little bit darker, but it still it has a different. It's still red. Yeah. 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 It's not like a white meat, like a chicken. Right, yeah. right. Because we, you know, we did a turducken last year. Mm-hmm. And I bought those turkey yeah, yeah. or something. With the turkey, yeah. turkey breast, duck Which I breast, thought was and a really good breast. idea. And that was a good recipe. It was. You it took was. something that was pretty complicated, because how difficult is it to. Deep on a turkey, deep on a chicken, deep on a duck. Ah, I never tried it, but I imagine it's pretty difficult. Yeah, and then put it all together in a, yeah. you know. So taking the, just the breasts of it and wrapping it up with bacon. Makes it easier to do yeah. is what I thought. I thought it was a great idea. That's why I did it. I was like, man. You have them every now and then. Yeah, every once in a while. <laughs> but, um, but wild game's fun. And, and try it. I'd definitely say try it. There's a lot I would still want to try. What about the quail? Uh, I've never cooked I've quail. I've only had quail bacon wrap. It's been marinated. Oh, no, I have had it like that. I've yeah. had it fried. Yeah. I've had quail two ways. A little split quail fried. And it's uh, becoming I've more never popular. cooked it. I've never cooked quail. That's why I had I mean, Charles gave me some. I said, man, I've never cooked quail. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, there's... Um, the only way I've had it is grilled with, you know, wrapped in bacon. It's yeah. almost... Why, why is it like a default to... Take wild game and wrap it in bacon. See, anything with bacon is good. You can bacon, wrap <laughs> bacon around a t- yeah. piece of tire and it'd be good. I tell you, um, something that I had that, that this is one that Charles brought me that I would have never told you I would have ate in my life. And it was called, it's Wildebeest. 
<laughs> you know, you've seen these things over in Africa. They're the ones that are running across the water from the crocodile, you know. They're all getting in line to stampede and try to get get over there so they keep them getting ate. Well, I guess they had a, um, some, somebody brought some over for like one of these high fence hunts somewhere in Texas. And another guy he knows that come into co-op and went over there and killed some and tell him how good wildebeest was. So it's better than deer, better than anything you ever tasted. So I guess Charles got a hold of it. He called me up, man, you want to try this wildebeest I cook? I said, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> wildebeest, I know what they look like. like. You want to try some wildebeest? I'm like, that sounds like There's a code no, word for when you a look at them, yeah, when, you look, <laughs> when you look at them, they're all head and these big old long skinny legs. I was like, what, is, what are you going to eat on that thing, Charles? Yeah, they look grisly, don't so they? So he brought it over and it was like the back strap. And it was really good. I mean, it was, you know, it was tender. It yeah. didn't have... Gamey flavor. At all. Yeah. I couldn't have told you it was wildebeest as opposed to being, you know, anything. It, it wasn't like deer. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't to me. I mean, it might be in the venison family, but it, it didn't taste Is like it? venison. I imagine it's a four-legged it's hoofed creature yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? I don't know what classifies it as venison, but I'm sure there's some scientific reason why they classify it as that. What do they classify goat and sheep as? I don't know, but you know, to me, a, a deer is closer to a wild goat than anything. Yeah, I agree. That's what it reminds me of. It's me. Goat's not bad. Do you like goat? I've only had it cooked, you know. I've had goat curry. I've had goat, I've had goat several curry. different ways. It's pretty good. When we were growing up, goat was one of the staples we had at our 4th of July cookout. I like goat cheese. Yeah. Oh, y'all have like uh, barbecue goat. goat? Yeah, but it was barbecued. It yeah, was like pulled. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't, I remember it being very, and they, of course, I would season it, and it tasted good, but it was real dry. I imagine it's just so, you know, it's lean yeah, like deer. Yeah, It's nothing compared, because right next to it, they've got pulled, you know, pork. you got a whole hog compared yeah. to eating goat. Yeah. Sheep's good. I mean, you know. Oh, I love good. sheep. I love lamb. You, you know, I guess you, I grew up okay calling to it me. sheep, yeah. but. Yeah, you eat mutton, huh? <laughs> you got to eat the lambs. <laughs> Joey like sheep chops, or how? It was. Cooked always the same way. Cut up Because it was marinated. an older sheep. Yeah, yeah. And they just, you know, cut it all up. You know, we didn't try pieces. some deer like that. Just cut it up, marinate. It was like mini steaks or yeah. something. Little chunks. And they would just chunks. grill them? And then they would Skewer pop them? Or? They'd marinate it overnight. It was using my Uncle Jim. He'd marinate it overnight and pop it on a hot grill and just, you know, turn it a few times and put you it in a cooler. hit him up for that recipe? Does he say you don't know how to do it anymore? Or? No. They give me a recipe. and Who did? My grandma. She didn't do it though. Jim did, yeah, right? Yeah, I need to hit Jim up for that. Respect. I want to know that one because I've had so it's many people really from down there tell me about how good that marinated sheep was. Yeah. I said, like, I want to try that. That would be a good one to do. I mean, I'd be good with. How, why would it not be good with deer? Why would it not? The flavors. Yeah, very, very similar. Yeah, very similar. There's a lot of places down in that part of Mississippi that has special marinades, you know, like mm-hmm. the Hoover sauce or like. Uh, Fireman John's, he's, you know, John McKinney gave me that bottle, a couple bottles of his stuff. It's really good. And it has, um, all of them that I've tasted have almost like an Asian flair to them. It's like soy sauce was a big component of them. All of them. And I don't know if it came out of the Delta because, you know, there's a Mm -hmm. percentage Asian population down there that settled down, I guess, back in the day. I know Hoover sauce is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I think that's where a lot of that came from. And it's unique. It's unique to find that in Mississippi. In marinades. In central Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right in central Mississippi. But yeah. there's a lot of them, or several of them, you know. Mm-hmm. And that uh, Hoover sauce is good. Have you tried it? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It used to sell it in a quart jar. You'd find it <laughs> now. I think they bottle it. They're in a smaller. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they could sell it in the grocery stores. Because they had, Brad used to be had some of his butcher You had to buy it by the gallon. Milk jug kind yeah. of, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, even uh, 
DuPont's Gary Roark used to have a marinade that he sold. Oh, people and, t- talk about that. Like, oh, back yeah. in the day, Yvonne's. Yeah. yeah. And actually, uh, Lambert would still get it made. He would get every Memphis and May. Because when, when he won Memphis and May, that's part of his injection recipe. And he would get Gary. And Gary quit selling it. But he would get him to special, make him a couple gallons. And it would last. Again, I don't know if Mark used them all at the Memphis and May. But he'd last yeah. him you know, as long as he needed them to go. But it was a special concoction from down in that Yazoo City area. Mm-hmm. So it's all at that region. Yeah. i tell you, that's the best place to get catfish. Central, yeah, oh yeah, Central Indian Mississippi. Mm-hmm. There's some good catfish. We got some it's good the ones best too. In the world. I will, I'll put anything. You think like Simmons is better than than? Uh, I'm saying the cook, the way they cook it. Oh, oh, the, the best, way yeah. the Central, the way you get catfish cooked in Central yeah. Mississippi is the best. I agree with ever. that. Um, I can cook a pretty good. You know, I'm catfish king in Mississippi, don't you? <laughs> Pride of the Pond don't say that. Simmons don't say that. I got the dead gum plaque to prove it. Where is king. the plaque? It's down there. I mean, I know you got Catfish it, king but I, well, I just think we might have lost the plaque somewhere along catfish the way because I cannot find it. One eighty catfish. Malcolm won an ancillary contest years ago. Close it was, yeah, it was a perfect score on his catfish, and they were excellent. But you use that same type of Central Mississippi That's what method. I, got it from. <laughs> I even put it in the brown bag and shook it up and everything, yeah. just like they do in a lot of those catfish joints. And he got you know the, the key to catfish is good peanut oil. And salt and pepper and, and meal and salt and pepper. That's all you need. I put AP, but that was all that was in that catfish. Yeah, there was nothing. And cook else. it to where it's just crunchy. And man, it's so good. If you put anything else in there, you're going wrong. Friday's fish day in my book. We may have to go eat catfish tonight, shell. Okay, okay. But that yeah, fit so into my no carb, no sugar plan. But no, you get black and catfish. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. No. Last weekend, I didn't do any cooking. You know, it rained. I didn't even get to fire up my Jambo. Yeah. I wanted to. And I wanted to do like a little just a video showing it, showing it, but I hadn't done it yet. It's still coming. I may get to it this weekend. I may get, um, I'm hoping to. Sunday, well, I got tomorrow, I've got to go do deer stands, mm-hmm. but Sunday, if I get a chance. Well, Sunday, Mark Williams is coming over and we're shooting kind of a, we're not shooting a recipe. No. We're shooting you know a new what? style. It's not a new style. We're sh- we're doing something that we are personally curious about. Yeah, carryover. carryover. I want to see how 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 far does it exactly go a ribeye? You cook it hot and fast on a grill like a PK. How far is it going to carry over when you stop it? What's our carryover? Um, yeah. What's it going to do on pork butt? We're going to cook a couple pork butts and see if you stick one in a cooler. Where does it carry over versus one setting out? Something like, just some little experiments. I so think it'll be interesting. Two steaks and two butts and two butts. And we're you're taking, yeah. So you're going to take the two steaks off, and we're going to keep a probe in them the entire time as soon as they leave the grill, or maybe even yeah. before they leave the grill. And we're going to watch that internal temp on those two steaks. We're going to put one in a pan and cover it with foil. Is that the plan? Yeah, just kind of like it, mock it setting out. Yeah. yeah. And another one just setting out. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, with nothing on it. Yeah, and we're going to watch the carryover. See if they're the same, see if they're different. That's the see question. See what it goes to. That's how the much, hypothesis. Yeah. Where, <laughs> how much does it, yeah. and yeah, how, how much does carryover? it carryover? How much, how much does carryover affect that, you know, how, how far will the final temperature be will go from when you take it off? And we're putting it in two different settings to mm-hmm. figure out. Mm-hmm. And then with the port butt, you're going to pull it off and just set one on the counter and put one in a cooler. Yep. And we're going to watch go. those two probes the whole time, Ted. See where they go. I think the steak will rise and fall pretty quickly, but this pork butt, I w- I'm curious to see so how, how long it takes. How I've far never it watched it. I've always, it you know, we've always said, oh, it's going to carry over. You're going to get five, 10 degrees, whatever. I want to know. And I want to know, you know, if it's consistent. So 
experiment, barbecue experiments right here. Yeah. Barbecue That's right. what we're going to do. Barbecue we'll do that one and then we'll do another. We'll do some more. Yeah. What was your other? Po- it was something about brisket. You Smoke had- ring. Yeah. What's, you know, what's, How to get- yeah, what's causing it? If, figuring out, you know, is it the seasoning? Is it the smoke? Can you do it? That's that's gonna be a good little question. We haven't figured out exactly how to work. I got these ideas because I get questions all the time about this stuff, and people say, "Oh, I can't get the smoke ring on pellet grill, or I can't get it on the egg. What's causing it? You know, what can I do to make? Well, we're finna do some experimenting (laughs) and see, and then show our results. Don't you think? Don't you think that's a good, interesting topics? I want to know. We get questions all the time. I don't care if anybody else wants to know. I want to know. But so since we didn't get to cook last week, you, you know something you did. We had on Sunday was this, and I just I don't know why I want to talk about it, but it was so good that uh, enchilada soup you did. It's cheesy Man, enchilada soup. Yeah. That stuff was good. It was good. It is it is kind of chilly stew soup weather, so which is your favorite kind of weather? Yeah, it is. It, it's that and it's fat man weather. You don't have to worry about sweating anymore. <laughs> I can put on some hoodies, break out the pants. I do like my cargo shorts. So. I thought you were. But yeah, tell me about that soup. Shorts. Tell me, what all did you do to it? Um, that was actually a mix, and I doctored it up, but it was a cheesy enchilada soup. Oh, this mix. was something like you didn't make this from scratch. This was no, like a cheat was, recipe, kind of. Okay. It was. Well, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up then. <laughs> I thought it was something you created. I was like, God, this is good. I even had people I, come over Sunday watch football with me. I was like, Man, I got to try shell soup. This stuff's awesome. It was. I mean, it was a fancy mix. And you it got it like from a, Campbell's? No. Oh. It was like a. Gourmet type mix. Okay. Yeah. But. Where are you getting gourmet soup type mix? At, you know, specialty stores. <laughs> okay. I'm trusting on that one. Like, you know, specialty stores. Is it like a box of seasoning and then you add water? Yeah. Or milk or whatever? I add cream and water. But I, I doctored it up. Okay. You know, well, I added good. more things to I, it. But. I digress. I'm I'm talk go- about <laughs> no. Oh. I, um, it didn't, I'm going to figure out how to do that myself. And That's make a it good better. soup. Yeah. Enchilada soup. I don't know if y'all ever had cheesy enchilada soup. It's really good. It's creamy and it's kind of got a cheese base to it, you know. Had chicken in it, had black beans in it, had corn in it, had. Um, well, see, you I didn't put, have, I I put, put all like, that in uh, it. It, was, it didn't call for chicken and black beans and corn and all that and stuff. Cheese? And Yeah. So, oh. I mean, I just kicked it up. Yeah. Well, man, why would you not put all that in it? I know. I put it would suck chicken. without all that. I roasted my own chicken and put in there, and yeah. I put some other stuff in there. It was basically just some seasonings. Here, my, man, it was good. But I'm going to figure out how. you got to get that recipe out there. Yeah. People are going to love that. I, I'm going to reverse engineer that recipe and get a my own recipe of it. What's your favorite wintertime soup stew or I'm, chili? I like chicken and dumplings. Ooh. And I make a mean chicken and dumplings, and that's not I hadn't even a thought mix. about chicken and dumplings. The scratch chicken yeah. dumplings scratch are creamy, but they're not those. I hate you know what I hate it's on chicken not dumplings. Too brothy. I, I, no, I don't mind the broth. I hate it when they're just old doughy globs in it. Yeah. Like somebody dropped some biscuit dough. And see, and that's they call how that a dumpling. That's, that's not a dumpling. It. That's how my grandma it's makes just a it. Drop goop. <laughs> I kind of like it a little doughy, but you don't. Really? So I had to make. Heck no! You're supposed I'm to roll them out recipe. and cut them into strips and cut those and you boil them and drop them down. It's almost like a. Southern pasta, if yeah. you ask me, is what, and it gets thick, it gets creamy, it's buttery. You put your chicken back in it because you don't boil that chicken to make all the broth, you're going to boil the dumplings. That's how I do it. Yep. I'm going to do, I need to do it. If, if either you do it, how or, you do it. 
I That's do. how I showed you to do it. <laughs> you know how my mom used to do them before. I mean, she'd made homemade dumplings, but the fast way was just take flour tortilla shells and, yeah. and drop them in their cheek. And chicken broth. But you know what? Hers what's, was more brothy. And, it was more soupy, chicken and dumpling yeah, soup. It was kinda. more like a um, chicken noodle soup type. Yeah. yeah. But instead of noodles, it was tortilla shells. Like the flour shells, yeah. not corn. Yeah. But also, but uh, you know what's good also in a pinch is those frozen dumplings. Yeah, I'll use those. And those are more to me are just as good as what you can roll out. Yeah. They say cook them for fifteen minutes. No, you got to cook those for like an hour, or two hours, and really something like chicken and dumplings and really all soups. It really takes all day. You kind of put uh, it together in the morning and let gumbo. it simmer. Yeah. If I'm making gumbo, it's all day. I'm yeah. making a good roux. I'm. I got it's it's a gumbo time. You know, too. I've been wanting to like put together some recipes myself, some of my recipes. So I think I'm gonna start doing Shell's recipe of the week. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Like and maybe this went. Oh man, yeah, that's a good idea because I'm gonna get to eat it. <laughs> I don't care what you do, where you put I it. Mean, some of <laughs> you make we, it. I try to cook healthy during the week. I yeah. really do. I'm trying Monday to through, get healthier. Monday. So it might Monday be a healthy through Friday, recipe. Yeah, we try to do we try to do healthy stuff. It might be a healthy recipe. And Saturdays usually whatever, and Sundays. Family style something. Mm-hmm. Roasts, yeah. soups, stews, yeah. So what are you doing this week? I don't even know. <laughs> I gotta cook. I gotta cook those pork butts. Yeah. We may just have some barbecue this weekend. Yeah, we're gonna have barbecue this weekend. We're gonna but, some um, salt and beans. Mm-hmm. Some classic, easy. Yeah. Watch we some, haven't. I haven't had pulled pork in a very long time. I couldn't tell you last time I ate. So. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I know. So well, what else we got to talk about today? We've uh, I don't know. We're fine by the state of our pants yeah. today. I didn't write anything down. Well, I just thing. wanted really. I just want to talk about the wild game. See yeah. how it was going. Uh, coming up, we got World Foods. Um, what weekend in November is that? Like the eighth, ninth, right in there. Yes, it's the eighth. Something. And ninth. So that's coming up. It's here before we know it. Oh, it's got like two weeks, and we're yeah. gone. Well, that's down in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, Ocean? No, Ocean. What do they call it? Orange Beach, Alabama, yeah. at the wharf. Uh, that's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward. That's gonna be a mini vacation to me. I'm cooking steak on Thursday. If I make it, I gotta cook again on Sunday. So that gives me two days to go out there and have a good time, go eat some good seafood. Anybody's down there in that area and wants to come to check out that World Foods, I've heard. I've not been, but I've heard it's awesome. This will be our first year to so go. So y'all look us up down there. If uh, we, so if you win, you have to be the top in the top five. Top five each day. There's two days, Thursday and Friday. They're taking so if the you're top in the five. Top five of your steak cooking. You move on to you the next on. round. And then you can cook any type of beef. You've got to do like kind of like a dish. Yeah. Like so, a yeah. So it's going to be something steak involved, but I think you can pair a, like a, a vegetable or something, the yeah. garnishment type deal. Yeah. And then you got to prepare that like for ones for parents judging, I think, like a big plate of it or something. And then they got like tasting portions. You got to do like 10 of those. I don't really know. That's new to me. I don't know anything about the world food judging. So if um, you, I just know that first round's SEA stuff. I'm gonna go do my thing. Yeah, we just cooking. I'm not gonna get upset if I. I'm not gonna. Get, I'm gonna have a good time, and if I don't make top five, hey, no, I'm I'm in. I'm down on the beach. We're going for more of a team a morale building between our team. <laughs> yeah. <and you. laughs> exactly. Is that what they say when you go do one of those retreats? It's morale building. Like you do the trust falls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I hated those. You think you'd catch me if I turn around and just fell? Do you remember when I used to have to go to California and do those with the hippies? I do. That was crazy. Sweat Lodge. I had to do a Sweat Lodge one time. I kind of like the Sweat Lodge. I left there fairly great. for me. You would have hated it. Yeah, I don't do Sweat Lodge. I can do more like an Eskimo Freeze Lodge. 
<laughs> have you ever seen those where you can go spend the night in one of those igloos or something like that? I could no, do that. God, that would be horrible. fun. Sleep on like an ice bed. They've got some furs thrown down on. There was one exercise where we had to pick a partner and put our hands up against each other like we were playing patty cake and stare into each other's eyes and like breathe in and out for like four or five minutes. What? <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, Anyway. That's some hippies type stuff. Oh, right there. that was totally hippies. You get in tune with your inner self. I yeah, guess. and everybody was vegan. So That's what I, I do in deer stand. Like... I'm getting in tune with nature. I'm just yeah. sitting there, just kind of my own way of doing yeah. it. I ain't touching nobody and breathing with them. Hey, if you want to stare into, I'm trying to control my breathing, so I don't get nervous when I bump myself. <laughs> I think it's. Great. You can go deer hunt with me. Let me stare into your eyes. Oh God, no! It's too cold. <laughs> you can stare into my eyes where it's <laughs> yeah. warm. All right, I do that all the time. <laughs> well that's pretty much gone you got anything else where can they uh find us i know this was a fast it seemed like a fast podcast no i think we're we're, we're there i've got to get rolling it's 11 o'clock we've got i've got stuff to do so yeah. we're gonna wrap this up y'all thanks uh, for checking out the podcast this week if you'd like to uh first and foremost we have an app um download the app it's free how to barbecue right um on all platforms uh, if you'd like to get in touch with Malcolm, uh, it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at How to Barbecue Right, and of course YouTube, How to Barbecue Right. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me, it's Miss Southern Shell at Twitter and Instagram. Send me some of those wild game recipes. I'm ready yeah. to try. I'm ready to try anything out. I'd love cooking it. So um, y'all have a good if you weekend. Got a good squirrel and dumplings recipe. We'll be back next week with some barbecue experiments, and we'll talk about those. We might bring Mark on and talk about our results. Yeah, might have to do that next week. So that'd be cool. Um, We'll see y'all. Have a good one.